in Proverbs 27, 17. Familiar passage of Scripture. And I'll read it in a few different versions for you this morning. I find it a little bit challenging when we're having Membership Sunday. We do this twice a year. We've been doing this now for quite a while. Um, and I, I find it challenging to come up with something new to say, something that you haven't said before. So I'm, I'm hoping that this is maybe something that you haven't heard quite this way before. But we are, um, we are welcoming new members to the church this morning. Some of these people you know very well. They have been part of the church family for some time. Some you don't know very well, and that's one of the main reasons we have semi-annual membership gatherings. We want you to get to know these new people, new members, and, and welcome them and help assimilate them into the church family that they feel like they're one with us. Now, I hope you heard what I said. New members into the church family. Many have been Christ followers for years, but have chosen to connect with this church family. Others haven't been saved quite as long, but nonetheless have also chosen to be a part of this church family. The reason I stress this point is I want to make sure everyone recognizes that you enter the kingdom of God through faith and spiritual rebirth when believing in Christ, not when you become a member of a congregation. That needs to be clear. Now that that's hopefully settled, I think another thought that should be addressed is this. What would be the reason for church membership? There are a number of reasons, and I have addressed some in the past. But this morning, I want to briefly look at one particular reason that the truth can be found in Proverbs 27 and 17. Let me give you some different English translations of this passage. The one that I use the most in the New International Version says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27 and 17 in the message says this, You use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. In the New Life Version, iron is made uh, sharp with iron, and one person is made sharp by a friend. And finally, in the King James, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, I don't know if, if of any of you are smiths here, that you know something about how to make uh, metal instruments or tools or swords like this. Uh, we have now, now that uh, Kyle has married Kathy, Kathy's sister that lives out west in Alberta actually is a smith. Um, there's a fancy name for that, and I forget it right now. Give it to Google or shout it out to me later. But, but she actually does stuff like that in Alberta, as you would expect, with the horses and the farms and those kinds of things. Um, she works with the metal and works with the heat and all of those interesting items that we think to are part of a bygone era. So as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So let's add some carbon to the iron and let's make it steel. You use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another. Back in the good old days, thousands of years ago, ancient civilizations moved up from the Bronze Age to the Iron Age. 
Those communities that did that transition quickest had the strategic military and economic advantage because iron was vastly superior to bronze in the use of weapons and for agricultural tools. They were stronger and they needed less care. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a smith, so I'm not going to try to explain to you this morning how a sword was forged or how a sickle or a hole was made and the blade was made sharper. I can tell you that iron, heat, water, and a strong arm were needed, and that's my te technical expertise for you, at least back in the good old days. When a sword or a farm instrument became dull, it needed to be sharpened, of course, because it took too much work to do the job, or it wouldn't do the job at all. So it needed a new edge. We have ancient pictures and documents that show how grindstones from the middle, medieval days were used, and, and they were basically whetstones, but just really, really much bigger. And we know that metal files were used as well to, to smooth out the small nicks and such. The point of Proverbs 27 isn't how iron is made. The point of Proverbs 27 and 17 is that a dull blade needs something equal in strength to sharpen it. But the Bible isn't interested in teaching you how to sharpen a sword, a sickle, or an axe. The Bible is interested in people. So back, back to church membership. The Bible is teaching us here that we need one another to keep each other sharp. The King James catches it quite well when it talks about sharpening the countenance of a friend. It's about helping one another become more Christ-like, more like Jesus, more spiritually in tune. That there's some, some light, in a sense, coming to us. Uh, the presence of Christ is coming to us. And we're no longer so much looking like us, but we're more looking like Jesus. And so the Bible is teaching us here that we need one another to grow spiritually. Not to be sharp-tongued, but to be spiritually sharp. In other words, to be the best Christ followers we can be we need one another. That we're reminded that faith is done in community. It also suggests this, that it's possible for us to become spiritually dull through sin, through spiritual laziness and immature behavior. Generally, we can't fix some of this stuff on our own because we have blind spots to some of those areas. So the Bible tells us that we need a friend or friends. We need a family. We need a church family in order to keep one another sharp, in order to help us to grow spiritually, to overcome sin, to overcome perhaps spiritual laziness. The writer to the Hebrews reminds us about let us keep meeting together, right? And it talks about uh, challenging one another to grow in the things of God. So we need family. The Bible teaches us this then, to go out and find some iron or find some steel. Find some friends that can be iron or steel for you, that can help keep you sharp that can keep you, or pardon me, help you overcome sin, help you to be spiritually filled with God and to have lots of fervor in your life and to grow beyond immature behavior that isn't just necessarily for the kids, but for the adults as well. 
Find some good friends that will help you overcome your sin, your spiritual laziness, and your own poor behavior. Find some friends that will not only play cards and video games with you, but will also challenge you to be the best Christ follower you can be. These kinds of friends, these that sharpen you, these that are iron to you, they love you, but they also speak truth to you. They or the friends hold you accountable when you appear to be driving off the road spiritually. They get you back on track. Let me challenge you with a thought. It seems that sometimes we think that church life is about worship and a little ministry together, but we don't always take seriously about the importance of keeping one another sharp. I don't know how much this has infiltrated the church, but I certainly know that it's infiltrated the world, is that we are now very reluctant to speak into one another's lives. We're, we're reluctant to challenge one another. It's kind of everybody's got their own thing and everybody thinks their own thing and everybody's doing their own thing and you can't challenge that in any way, even in the church sometimes that we make up excuses for one another, well, that's just the way they are, or you got to treat them with kid gloves, or it's like, you know, walking on broken glass. And what happens then is sometimes we avoid those people that actually need the most help, and we've settled it, well, that's just the way it is. But even for those of us that are serious about growing in Christ, it's important that as much as you're doing some of that hard work and that good work on your own, the Bible tells us that we need some friends. We need some people that are going to come alongside us and help us grow in the things of God, reminding ourselves that we all have spiritual blind spots and that we cannot do all of the spiritual care for ourselves by ourselves. So who are you letting speak into your life? Who is challenging you to stay sharp? Who has the permission to do that? Who has your best interests in order to speak the truth in love? Who would you consider someone that could be iron and steel in your lives in order to sharpen you? It's interesting. I, I don't want to take the metaphor too far, but you know with a, a, with a blade, it's great when it's sharp, and we love to use sharp blades, but what happens after a while, right? If you use it and use it and use it, it becomes dull, and it needs to be sharpened again. Uh, I was uh, fighting with my lawnmower yesterday. When I shut her down last fall, I noticed it wasn't quite sounding the way it should. You, you know, if you stand behind a lawnmower, you've got a lawnmower at home, you know the way it's supposed to sound, and you know when it's not sounding that way. And I noticed when I shut her down last fall, and I brought her in the garage and all that, I thought, mm, you know what, I think it's going to need some work. So anyways, the, we've had so much rain this spring that I, my neighbors have shamed me into cutting my lawn. Everybody else has done it at least once. So I thought, well, I better go out and do it, knowing full well that I hadn't brought it into the shop yet to get it tuned. So I brought it out, and sure enough, what a struggle to get it started. And it's one of those ones that's supposed to start first pull. And I didn't buy it at Walmart. It's a Toro. I spent good money on it. It's supposed to start first pull. I need a witness. I, I trust you, Catherine. Is there not skin off my finger there? There is. 
I pulled so hard. I love the genuine sense of sympathy here. <laughs> I pulled so hard, I got a bobo. So my dad taught me years ago, you always start with the smallest thing, right? Start with the cheapest, the smallest thing, and then go up if you have to. So I went to Canadian Tire and I got a spark plug. I put the new spark plug in, it's nothing, nothing, nothing. So I thought, you know what, I think it's something to do with the cables. One of the cables, just not right. So I played with it. Lo and behold, Brent Horner, you know, handyman extraordinaire, I got it going. Got the thing going, and so I cut the front lawn, and it's not working right. It's got wheels at the back that are supposed to help move the thing. And it's not really doing that. There's the cable or something's disconnected. So it was like pushing up uphill all day yesterday. So when I got it done, I shut her down and I turned it over. And as I was looking at the cable and playing with things, I also noticed the blade. The blade's got some nicks in it. So I thought, well, when I bring it into the tune-up, I'll also tell the guy to sharpen the blade. Now the blade's dull because it's been used. Sometimes there's wear and tear on our life too. And our iron needs to be sharpened. Our steel needs to be sharpened. And yes, we can do some of that for ourselves, but the Bible tells us here that it's really good to have a friend, a peer, someone that can come alongside us and help us keep our edge sharp. You and I have witnessed this over the years where we've seen people who aren't keeping their edge sharp and they've drifted. And we've been concerned, and we may have even talked to some other friends about it, but what, what sometimes doesn't happen is we don't actually talk to the person that needs to hear that. Because we're afraid of what? We're afraid of hurting their feelings. And so sometimes we, we let people drift away because we're afraid to have the grown-up conversation with them or we suspect that they don't want to have the grown-up conversation and sooner or later we find that they're a casualty. Good, godly friends are what we need. Friends that won't let you self-destruct or at least they'll fight you all the way that they won't let you spiritually implode or simply walk away. Friends that are interested in your spiritual and emotional care so much that they are willing to speak truth into our lives, even understanding that it may not be received in the spirit in which it is given us. That we're willing to risk relationships because we care enough about the individual's walk or the couple's walk or the families walk with the Lord. We need those kinds of friends. One of the things that membership should do, must do, is required to do, is it places us in a family where we, where we are saying this, and if you don't think you're saying this, I'm telling you that you're saying this, right? So if you're going to receive membership this morning and you don't like the fact that I'm saying this for you, now's the time to run for the back door. Membership says that you're willing to be held accountable. Not only are you willing to be held accountable, but you also accept the responsibility to speak into other people's lives too, as the Lord directs in a wise, godly way, speaking the truth and love, as it says in Ephesians 4, right? That that's what we're here for. I mean, those of you that have been around the Lord a long time, and I'm, I'm wrapping it up soon, those of you that have been around the Lord a long time, just think about all the casualties along the way. 
And did we do anything, anything at all, anything at least within our power to try to prevent that? We realize that it doesn't, doesn't depend on us. But did we at least speak up? Did we at least offer to encourage, offer to help? Did we offer to pray? Were we willing to have maybe an awkward moment understanding that the best thing that might happen here is someone is restored in relationship either with other people in the body of Christ or to the Lord themselves? How many of those friends do you have in your life? Are you one of those friends? Because it goes both ways, right? We need them, and we need to be one of them. We need them, and we need to be one of them. Now, you might say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't need to have membership to do that. But the process of membership is this. The process of membership generally takes us into deeper relationships and deeper commitments and deeper involvement. So look, you can't want to go into deeper ministry without deepening the relationships. At least I don't think so. It can't be just about, well, I got a gift and I, and I want a platform for it. The gifts bring us into deeper relationship. We work together as, as a team or as teams, and we are exposing ourselves and making ourselves vulnerable to saying, I'm part of the church family. You can speak into my life, and I can speak into yours. I can be iron to you, and you can be iron to me. So, let me challenge you. It's almost lunchtime. Get a little iron in your diet. Not from Windsor Jameson pills. Although if you work there, okay. Get a little iron in your diet. Sharpen someone and let someone sharpen you. We were made to grow in Christ in the community of faith. We are here to help one another grow. And sometimes that means the nicks need to be smoothed out and the dull edges need to be sharpened. Would you be willing to allow someone or someones to speak into your life and to do that? All of us, from the pastor on up. Would you be willing to be honest with a brother or sister in the Lord to say, I'm struggling, or I'm hurting, or I'm confused, or I'm upset, or I'm troubled, and I need someone to come alongside and help me through this? I challenge you this morning to be iron, to be steel for someone, and to find someone to be your steel as well. And let's sharpen one another. God bless you this morning.